0: Welcome, everyone, to the Men Are Necessary podcast, where we recognize the importance of having men in our lives, but not just any man, foundational men. With each episode, we are building foundational men. I am Mike Brown, your certified health and wellness coach and lifestyle strategist, and I want to thank you for being a part of the conversation. Join me as we continue to build foundational men through knowledge, wisdom, and insight. And with that being said, let's move along with this episode. welcome 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 everyone at this point you're probably aware that we have been in the process of building the foundational man and what is a foundational man a foundational man is a man of honor a man of principle a man that is willing to stand alone a man that has been through some things in his life and has accomplished many things in his life by overcoming And he understands that he did not overcome these adversities on his own. He is well aware that he had help from the true and all being. He is also a man that possesses these qualities, these qualities that every person on earth desires to have in their life. The problem is, is that we always wanna take shortcuts and we want to do things half-heartedly and think that we're gonna reap maximum benefit. This is the problem that a lot of men have been facing for years and years and years. This process is something that every man will eventually have to decide on his own if he wants to go through it or not. I know it's not for everyone. It's not a process that is for everyone and I wish it were because Once again, we tend to want to take shortcuts and we want the easy road. Sometimes we don't wanna work for the things that we truly desire to have in our lives. But then there's the other side of it. The reason why I developed this 10-step program is because whether you are at the pinnacle of the mountain, in the middle, or at the foot of the mountain. Every man desires to evolve as a man. Every man desires to be better than where they are at right now. Every man desires to be a foundational man at some point in his life. The problem is they don't always know where to begin that process. What we have been doing over the last several weeks on this podcast, is we have started the process of building foundational men. Why are foundational men important? Because we need them as our leaders. We need them as fathers in home. We need them as mentors. We need them as educators. We need them at the helm of this fight that we are facing. Men are being discredited. Men are being discouraged. Men are being told that they are not needed. They are not necessary. This is the very reason why the podcast began. Men are necessary. We need men in our lives, but not just any man. We need foundational men in our lives. And how are we going to help build foundational men if we keep X them out of our lives? At this point, you're probably thinking to yourself, how did I end up here? Why am I listening to the Men Are Necessary podcast? Why am I listening to this guy speak about building a foundational man? You're probably thinking, who is this Mike Brown? And is this encounter accidental? But I promise you, I promise you that this is no coincidence. This is not on accident. You are here because you have been feeling something deep inside of you, a strong desire to change, a strong desire to begin a quest for knowledge and purpose. You have been searching and searching and searching for your purpose in life and you've been falling short. You've been searching for this change in your life to become a foundational man. Maybe you didn't know the name was Foundational Man. Maybe you didn't know exactly what you were looking for, but your heart, Was telling you that you desired to be different and as you looked in the mirror you decided something has to give something has to change and you were led to the men are necessary podcast and the irony of this situation is that You've always known how powerful and how honorable of a man you could be, this is what you've always desired, maybe you've been sidetracked, maybe you've been on a different path. But this is available to anyone and everyone who's willing to humble themselves, who's willing to go beyond their own means to become a foundational man, one who's willing to look in the mirror and say I have fallen short and I need help. You are here because You've been desiring something greater that the world can offer you. You're here because deep down inside, you are ready to change and walk the path of a foundational man. Think about this, and I'm sure a lot of men fall into this category. For too long, you have been going with the flow partially due to confusion, partially due to pride, embarrassment. And lastly, you simply didn't know how to begin the process of change. So you've been going with the flow, accepting things that you would normally not accept, putting up with things that you knew you shouldn't have even given a second thought, listening to the lies and the deception so much that now they have become real. Thankfully, I have been blessed to begin such a podcast, the Men Are Necessary podcast, to provide a platform on how to begin the process of becoming a foundational man. And I want to reiterate one thing. This relationship that we have come together to form is not one sided. This is not me being a guru and you are bowing down and hanging on my every word. This is not a relationship like that. This is not where I spew all this knowledge and I can say no wrong and I can do no wrong. This is not that type of relationship. This relationship is two-sided. And ultimately we have come together, not out of coincidence, we were put together intentionally because of Proverbs 27:17, And some of you may not know exactly what that verse says right off the top of your head and some of you will but i know that all of you will be familiar with what proverbs 27:17 says and it says as our iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another again as iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another we are here because we are meant to sharpen each other to learn from each other to hold each other accountable, to stop each other from being led astray, to help you stay on your path and heading towards your purpose. We are here to sharpen each other spiritually, mentally, physically, period. So again, this is not a relationship where it's, hey, I know everything, and you don't know anything, and I'm here to help you and save your life. No, this is me saying that your life can be saved, but not because of me, but I'm just a vessel leading you to the true person, the true being, the true God who can save your life. That's it. What is a foundational man? He is a man that knows the true definition of love. He has spent intimate and intentional time in the presence of true love. And this is what we build our foundation upon is love. Why? Because love is the greatest resource available to us. Love never fails. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't hurt, even though we've been told it hurts. First John 4:8 says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Point blank. A foundational man has no fear of expressing and showing love because he understands the true meaning and also that we are commanded to love. It is an action, not a feeling. It is an action. You show love. You act out love. You love everyone, not just those who don't make you mad or not the just those that are your family members. You are to love your enemies just as much as you love your wife or your husband, just as much as you love your children. A foundational man has peace and joy in his life and he brings peace and joy to the lives of others. This goes back to Philippians 2.3, others above self. Why does a foundational man do this? Why does he sacrifice this? peace and joy, so that you may have a piece of it in your life. Well, it's because he knows what it's like to experience long suffering. He has been blessed to persevere through the trials and the tribulations that he has faced. Because of this, he has an empathetic heart, and he understands that you may be in the state of long suffering, and he wants to sacrifice to give you peace and joy in your life, even if it's just a snippet of peace and joy in your life, even if it's just a 30-second encounter, he wants to give you his peace and joy that he has in your life and share it with you. This is what he aims for. Why? Because in the end, hopefully, you will be drawn to that and you will come and humble yourself and say, Something's got to change. I need to have what you have. I said in the previous episode when we discussed how the life of Jesus is the definition of long-suffering, that we have a couple of verses to stand on as our motto for the foundational man, and that's Ephesians 4.2 and Philippians 2.3. Ephesians 4.2 says, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. Philippians 2.3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. My favorite scripture in the Bible. By far. By far. But you see the key in both of those scriptures. Loving one another putting others above self. But I wanna add one more verse and that's 1 Thessalonians 5.15. And it says this, make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong or in the New King James version, evil for evil, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. And I want to tell you guys, what a beautiful, beautiful segue into our topic today. The topic of kindness. It's a touchy one because kindness has been the buzz phrase for years now. For years and years and years and everybody talks about being kind and we're gonna be kind to each other. We're gonna show kindness and then we're gonna change the world and everything's gonna be great. It starts with you, it starts with me. And if I do one thing, then everybody else will follow suit. See, this is the mentality that we have and we think that it's so easy and we think that we can be kind on our own, just like with all of the other qualities of the foundational man. We think that we can love on our own. We think that we can have joy and peace on our own. We think that we can go through long trials of persecution with grace and mercy on our own. We think that we can be kind and good and faithfulness or faithful on our own. We think that we can be gentle and have self-control on our own. Now, I just went through all of the qualities of a foundational man, and none of these qualities are available to us on our own. If we try it, we are inconsistent, which is what we see in this world today all the time. But these qualities of a foundational man are found in Galatians 5.22, and it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, meaning the fruit of the Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit, once the Holy Spirit enters into you, These qualities are available to you on a consistent basis. Why? Because you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are leaning on the truth. You are leaning on the true definitions of these qualities, which comes from God. It says again in 1 John chapter 4, Those who do not love do not know God because God is love. If God is love, then God is all these other qualities as well. So we must humble ourselves and come to the realization that we fall short doing it on our own. That's just a fact. However, we don't have to fall short when we come to the truth and we realize the truth and we act out the truth. Before we dive deeper into kindness, I wanna take a moment to plug the podcast. And the one thing that you can do, I don't ask for a lot, I try not to ask you guys for anything, but the one thing that you can do for the Men Are Necessary podcast is you can follow the podcast and share the podcast and go ahead and rate the podcast. If you feel like it's deserving of five stars, please, I humbly ask you to rate it five stars, But the ratings and the followings and sharing, that just gets the buzz out to everyone else and it gets everyone joining in on the action, all right? We're trying to build our team of foundational men because we're about to be met with great, great, great adversity and we need a team of strong men to help lead the way, to help guide those that may be a little blinded right now To help guide those that may be a little weaker right now to help strengthen those that are down on their luck and hopeless right now so that i would be greatly appreciative if uh you guys took time to go ahead and share and rate and follow the podcast now with that being said Kindness, kindness, kindness. Like I said, you see all the shirts, you hear all the buzz phrases, you hear all the messages from people in the, in meetings, guest speakers, self-help books. We hear about kindness and people say that is the one thing that can truly change the dynamic of a culture really fast and it could change the world kindness just being kind you see stickers all the time be kind you see people wearing shirts saying be kind I saw uh, in the middle school young young men and young ladies wearing it says uh kindness destroys hate and it's in the shape of a pretty heart and it looks all fancy and the cynic the cynical part of me <laughs> says, Yeah, right. Do you know what that really means? Are you willing to really show kindness? Are you really willing to do what it takes to show kindness? But we'll dive deeper into that. So we've been filled with this idea that kindness is so easy. And all we have to do is be kind and everything's going to change. I know that I've sat in meetings over the last few years, where we're in culture meetings, and people are saying, well, how can we change this culture of this work environment? And the first thing people say, well, we can be kind, we can be tolerant, we can be patient, we can be helpful. And if everybody does this, it's gonna be fine. And they'll say, hey, it starts with me, but they don't really believe that. Because deep down in their heart and hearts, they're saying, No, I'm not gonna be kind until someone is kind to me. And then if it's kindness the way that I like it, then I might even think about being kind back to you. That's what's really going on in their heart. But it's easy to parade around and and speak about things like this, like kindness, and have a big smile on your face and say all the right things but really you have nothing but evil intentions in your heart. What does the scripture say about kindness? Once again, 1 Thessalonians 5.15 says that make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong or evil for evil, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. That's the thing. We talk about kindness. In these meetings, wherever you are, we read the books and we talk about kindness, knowing that we have evil in our hearts, knowing that we know good and well that we do not care to strive for what is good for everyone else. Why? Because we're so selfish and we're looking at our own. We're looking at what is gonna help us. We're looking at how we can get ahead, how we can be on top. We don't care about who we smash or who we leave out of the group or whose feelings that we hurt. We don't care about that because we have our own agenda. And sometimes being kind isn't the way. Sometimes you have to be cutthroat to get what you want in life. That's what we've been taught. And that is what we have act- being acted out right now. We're fighting evil for evil. And no one is striving to do what is right. Definitely, not for everyone. We reserve kindness for those who we feel deserves it or for those that we truly care about. That's the world that we live in right now. And I know I'm speaking in definitive language by saying all and everyone. But I have to make this message clear because we're not exempt from this. I don't care how kind you are. I've met some very, very naturally kind people, naturally kind. And you know what I mean by naturally kind. They've been in the word. They've stayed in the word. They understand the true definition of kindness. But because we are human, we are going to fall short. But however, I need you guys to understand that this is happening all the time. 2 Timothy 224 says, and the Lord's servants must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone able to teach, not resentful, kind to everyone. You must not be ready to get in an argument when someone disagrees with you. You must not be ready to cut someone down because they have a different opinion. Or maybe they did something and you thought they wronged you, and now you're ready to cut them down and argue with them over everything having a grudge, you're on the same team as them and you're making their life miserable on purpose because you just can't find it in your heart to be kind because your heart is so hardened and your thoughts are so selfish that you can't get beside yourself to be kind. Why? Because you put yourself high above everyone else that you think that you get to pick and choose who deserves to be, to receive kindness, who deserves to be in your little group, who deserves to be talked to and treated with respect. This is what is happening. And you may try to deny it and say, no, that's not true. That's not true, but it is the truth. The thing is, you don't wanna hear the truth because I'm not beating around the bush with it. We're living in a time right now. None of us, none of us, we don't have time to sit here trying to sugarcoat stuff and tell people what they want to hear. We need to tell people what they need to hear because we need help. We need help, and there's a way to deliver a message of kindness, in telling the truth about someone with kindness. It says it right here in 2 Timothy 2.24, and the the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome. You must not be ready to argue all the time. You must not be ready to fight every time that you're having a conversation with something, with someone, I'm sorry. But you must be kind to everyone able to teach. You must be kind to everyone. Second Peter, chapter one, verses five through seven. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. It goes back to striving to do good in every situation to everyone. Once again, kindness has been such a a buzz phrase that I don't know if people truly understand the depth of kindness and what it truly means to be kind and that kindness is not just a saying. Once again, like everything else that we've been talking about with building a foundational man, it is an action. It is an intentional action. Like we stated, we've gotten to the point where people think that kindness is selective. I can select who I want to be kind to. And even when you select the person that you want to be kind to, you're not really being kind. It usually leads to some gossiping or going back and forth with talking about people or. You know, having laughs on behalf of making fun of someone. And we think that we're being kind because we agree with the evilness that we're spewing out. Kindness is an action. It is intentional. So how did we get this way? Well, we live in a selfish society. We talk about us all the time. It's all about me. Just look on social media. It's all about me, 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 me. We have people spending eight hours a day just to take one picture to post it. And it has to be so perfect. And then even when you take the picture, you spend even more time editing that picture. So it looks so perfect. Maybe you cut off a few inches here in your waist. Maybe you add a little bright light and a little bit of makeup to your face here. Maybe you add a few muscles here and there to yourself. I don't know what it may be. Maybe you post up by a, an expensive car that's not even yours. Who knows what it is? I don't care, but the the message is it's all about you. Do your thing, do you. Live life to the fullest, even if it's a lie. Be kind to those who help you get to where you need to be. And even then we struggle. I can imagine some of the people on social media that are doing these things are probably not kind to everyone that's helping them out. They're probably not kind to the photographer or the person editing their photos. Maybe they're bossing them around and telling them that they're an idiot or they're incompetent because they're not editing the photos to their liking or it's taking too long. Maybe you expect this photo to have 100,000 likes and it doesn't perform the way you expect it. And you go into the caption and you start to make comments that are negative and that are mean-spirited to those who did not like your photo. And in turn, that makes you even more upset about the person who edited the photos or took the picture. And so you send them a message of telling them how they have fallen short and how they are worthless and you're gonna X them off your team. And then we follow it up by saying, I was kind enough to put you on my team and I was kind enough to have you around me. You should have felt special, but now I gotta let you go. I can't be kind to you anymore because I don't like what you did with this one photo. We have been led to believe that selfishness making it all about us. And then when we let people in our inner circle because we've blown up so much that we're being kind. We think that being kind is saying something nice, but knowing we have wrong and evilness in our hearts. You're saying something just to say it just to show people how kind you can be. But really deep down in that heart and heart of yours, you have no clue on what it means to be kind. You have no clue and no desire to be kind. It's no different than the people who go up to the homeless and they help them and they have the whole camera crew out there talking about, I'm doing this from the bottom of my heart. And I do think that sometimes there's some good intention because you have to put some stuff out there. But I question, I sometimes question, there it is, the authenticity of uh, these actions. Are you doing it just for the camera? Are you doing it for the likes? Are you doing it to make yourself look good? What are your intentions? Is your heart really hardened? What do you say to the people? when the cameras are off. We live in a selfish society and it's all about us and that's the problem. Another problem is we think that being kind is something that you do to only those that you like, only those that are close to you. And even those that are closest to us, we're the meanest to. We don't have no time or patience for our siblings. We've had a sibling rivalry all of our lives and I don't have to be kind. I don't like my parents. They didn't get me that pony that I wanted when I was 14 years old. So I've been holding on to this resentment, and I'm 50 years old now. I don't have to be nice to my wife. She's my wife. I don't care. She needs to honor me and put me on a pedestal, and I don't need to be kind to her because this is what she should be doing because I'm the king of the house and she needs to be doing that and this she should be happy to serve me even though I treat her with disrespect even though I can't even say thank you for preparing a meal even though I don't have anything but complaints to to give and show and to show her and to throw her away but yet you wanna go out and be kind and patient to your friend that is leading you astray. We're selfish and we don't know the true definition of kindness. That's the problem. We've lost touch with the true meaning of kindness. We lost touch with what the Bible says. Make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong or evil for evil, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. We're so selfish, we don't wanna strive for what is good for everyone else because we're afraid that we may miss out. We're afraid that we may lose our positioning, that we may not make as much money or we may not get promoted and someone else is gonna get that promotion and we are fearful of what they might do with that promotion because we know what we would do. We know the evil that we would be a part of if we got that promotion, intentionally making people's lives miserable, hell-bent on just destroying other people because we have some personal vendetta against them. Tell me that doesn't happen in real life. Tell me that doesn't happen at your job. Tell me that doesn't happen in your family dynamic or with your friendships. I see it happening all the time, even on the kindergarten and preschool levels with friends. Everybody's jockeying for position. Everybody's saying that I want to be with this person and be in this group, and we got to find a way to kick this person out because they are a threat. And this is happening at such such a young age. It's going on, and it's being embedded into their young minds that it's okay to be mean and vicious when it is about you getting what you want. Do whatever it takes to get what you want. Step on anybody to get what you want. It's okay to be mean to whoever is in your way. It's okay. You don't have to be kind to those people that are in your way. They're just stumbling blocks. You're not going to talk to them anyway. And I say this to people that feel that way. If you look at me and you say that you don't want me in your inner circle, that's fine. I can handle that. If you look at me and you say that I don't want to be kind to Mike Brown and I don't care, you can pick any reason. But if you say that you don't want to be kind to me, then leave me alone. Leave me alone. If you don't want to feel like, if you don't, feel like you have to be kind to someone and you feel like you have the right to go out there and try to destroy their lives and make their lives miserable, leave them alone. I was talking to a friend of mine recently and I said, you know one thing that I've realized in life? This is what I want. Everybody's fighting for equality. I don't care about equality. I really don't. I don't. Why? Because I have five kids and it's not about equality. Every kid needs something different. Every kid needs something different. So I don't care about equality. What I care about is being fair. I want you to be fair. Just be fair. And then, you know, the second thing that I want, I want you to just leave me alone. Be fair and leave me alone. If you don't like me, if you have something negative to say, Fine, but leave me alone. I don't need you coming up to me, bringing it to my attention, how much you hate me or how much you don't like me every day. I get it. You said it once. It was loud and clear. I got it. So now the problem is, what do you do with that? I know what I'm going to do with it. But what do you do with that? People get mad at me when I throw it back at them. Mike, I don't like you. Okay. Why don't you like me? Well, last meeting, you said that we all had to look in the mirror, and I didn't like that. Okay. I understand that. Do you realize that I said myself included, I have to look in the mirror every day? Yeah, but I thought that you were talking down on everybody and saying that you were better than everybody. Well, clearly you misunderstood my message because I included myself in that. Well, I don't feel like I have to be kind to you and I just don't like you. Okay, that's a you thing. You go figure that out. All right, leave me alone then. Fine, cool. Leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. But that's something for you to figure out and that's something for me to pray about. (laughs) It's that simple. I don't have time to be all up in that messiness. I just don't. I don't have time to be up in your gossip ring. I don't have time to listen to you be Unkind to other people and think that it's funny. I don't I don't like to participate in stuff like that But like I said, I just want you to be fair and I want you to leave me alone Is that so much to ask? We're fighting for the wrong things We're, We've are we been fighting for the wrong things for so long and we don't even realize it We've changed the definition of love. We've changed the definition of kindness. We think having peace and joy in our lives means that we are rich and we can buy whatever we want. And it means that we have power and all that stuff. That's not what it means necessarily, okay? We have changed the definitions of what it means to be a foundational man, a foundational man, I should say. And this is what we have come to a society that's all bent out of shape and messed up. Why? Because we're operating under the false definitions. So how do we become kind? Well, Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility, value others above yourself. Ephesians 4.2, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. 1 Thessalonians 5.15, make sure nobody pays back wrong for wrong or evil for evil, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. What is the message in all of those scriptures? This is how you become kind. This is part of what you do to become a kind person consistently. You have to understand that this is not about you, that this is greater than you. You have to understand that in order for you to act out being kind, you have to put others above yourself. So that means that your ill intentions that you have, that anger that you have, that resentfulness that you have in your heart, you have to put that aside. Maybe someone said something that you didn't like. You have to push that aside and put others above self. You have to realize that people are going to say things. People are going to do things. People are going to have hardened hearts. But that's not on you to dictate who deserves kindness in their life. It says that everyone deserves kindness, that you are to be kind to everyone, that in every situation you're supposed to think about the good of everyone, not just yourself. Selfishness. Selfishness is why we lack kindness in this world. It goes back to the saying, others above self. Three words, others above self. Say it again, others above self. In all situations, you have to pray for that. Pray for the humility to put others above yourself. You think there aren't times where I'm upset and I want to lash out and say something mean to someone and I want to go at them tit for tat? You think I don't feel that way? You think there's some times where I feel like someone deserves to be ridiculed and they deserve me being unkind to them? You think I don't feel that way? I wish I did get it right every time. But I'm going to tell you, you can be consistent with kindness when you are following these steps of becoming a foundational man. How do you do that? You are drawing closer. You are building an intentional, intimate relationship with God. Why? Because through God, through the Holy Spirit, we possess these qualities of a foundational man. And I don't know one man on this earth, even if his heart is so hard. And I know deep down that he desires to be a foundational man. What woman wouldn't want to be with the man that had these qualities? Who wouldn't want to be around a man like this? The only people people that don't wanna be around a man like this are the people that are trying to remain where they're at. But I know even deep down, they're being stubborn. This is something they desire, but ultimately this path is not for everyone. It, It truly isn't. And once again, it breaks my heart to say that. It really does. But I know not everyone will follow this path. But if this is something that you truly desire to be a foundational man, you will humble yourself and follow this path. I'll tell you this much. We have to stop making kindness a buzz phrase. It it is more than a buzz phrase. It is more than a fancy slogan on a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. It's more than that. It's more than a sticker that you put on your laptop, be kind. It's more than that. It is an action. Just like you are commanded to love, you are commanded to be kind, not to a select few, to everyone. To everyone. When Jesus was on the cross, he was still kind to everyone. When he was getting beat, he was still kind to those who persecuted him. He still prayed for them. I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine being in that position and finding it within me to pray for those who were unjustly persecuting me. This is how you know that Jesus was something special. This is how you know for a fact that Jesus was without sin. I'll end with this. I have a good friend of mine And I got his permission to speak about this, and I thank him for this. Uh, His name is Mike as well, and his mother, Mary, just passed away weeks ago. And I had the luxury of meeting her, and I remember the first time I met her, she lived in a smaller town, and I went to her house with him, and I came into the door, and she greeted me with a big old hug and told me to sit down and told me how much she appreciated me, and I had that. I had not even spoken to her, one word to her. And she said, Mike has told me all about you, and he's told me about your relationship and how you talk to him about the Bible and how you talk to him, and you, and you pray for him and all of those things, and I already know that I love you, and I haven't even met you yet. I really appreciate what you're doing with him. I really appreciate that you take the time to talk about God with him and that you take the time to pray for him. And I laughed because I said, oh, so he's told you about our many battles. (laughs) You know, when we're in the hallways or in his office or in my office, and we've had many talks about how we feel and our beliefs. And she smiled and said, yes. Since the first time I met her, she was always so kind always asking, hey, what do you need? What can I do for you? And we had these awesome conversations, just an a, a awesome spirit, awesome spirit. And I remember <clears throat> when Mike told me that she had cancer again and it's, it's going quickly and the doctors only gave her a few months to live. And he told me that Mary had decided that she's not gonna do anything. She's not gonna do the chemo because She previously beat cancer on her own, holistically on her own. And she says she's not gonna go through that anymore. She's not gonna do it anymore. It's just whatever happens, happens. Why? Because she's at peace and she has joy in her heart with where she's at because she understands that where she's at with God and the relationship, the intimate, intentional relationship that she built with God, she understood that she was going to a better place and she was not gonna fight that. And she even told me once on the phone, she was in the hospital and I called her up on the hospital at the hospital and I wanted to pray with her. And I prayed with her and after we prayed, she was talking about how, well, first she was thankful. She was thankful. She was always very, very kind and thankful. But then she talked about how she was really at peace what was going to happen and she had no fear of what was going to happen and she had joy in her heart the only thing she said she worried about was her family that was it but she said all i can do is pray on that all i can do is pray on that and have faith that my god will provide and i said mary you're right I never saw her complain, she never frowned up, never. I saw her, I believe it was a week before her passing. Went down again to her house, went down with Mike to meet up with his father. We were gonna go shoot some guns, see how terrible we are. (laughs) I am, look, look, I'm, I'm not a marksman, I'm not a great shot, I'm not a terrible shot. Let me tell you this, I can hit the mark. I'm just not gonna put every bullet in my mark. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's really tough. I can see why guys build a range on their property so they can practice nonstop because that's what it takes to become a, a marksman. So we started out not so hot. My first 15 rounds, I probably hit the target twice. I hate to admit that, but that's what happened. But it did get better. It did, it it got better. I shot off a little bit over a hundred rounds and I I got a little bit better, okay? So (laughs) we went out, we had a good time. And when I was at Mary's house, Mary and Larry, Larry's her husband. When I was at their house, they had family members over and they had pizza and food there. And I come into the house and. Mary had asked me, Mike, are you hungry? And actually, I was hungry. And I said, yeah, I'll I'll make me a plate here. She's like, no, 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 I'll make you a plate. What do you want? I was like, whatever pizza is on top, I'll take that. Do you want something to drink? Yeah, I'll take whatever you have. I'll take whatever. It doesn't matter. I'll take it. But I can make my plate. She said, no, 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 I want to make your plate. So I sat down, and I knew well enough not to fight that. Why? Because I've been taught by my grandma been taught by my grandma not to mess up other people's blessings. I knew she was in pain. I knew that she wasn't feeling well. I knew that. You couldn't tell because she was smiling through it, but she was moving a little slower, of course. But you couldn't tell the the amount of pain she was in, but I know, I know she was in tremendous pain. But there was no way I was gonna not let her do what she would normally do. I wasn't gonna let her not treat me. No way. I'm not gonna mess up her blessing. And you know, that's what my grandma taught me. my grandma, I used to go over her house sometimes before uh, I would go off to college and because I was going back and forth out of town in college, so that's why. So I stopped by her house, eat some food because I was a broke young father. (laughs) And she would make me some food and then she would send me off with a little money. And I, I would say, grandma, the food was enough. I appreciate the meal that you gave me. I don't need the money. And she was like, no, I don't care if you need it or not. This is what I wanna bless you with. And I was like, no, 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 no. And she said, boy, don't be messing up my blessing, okay? If someone wants to bless you, you let them bless you. And I never forgot that. And I said, okay, I won't do that. I didn't wanna mess up the blessing that Mary had come in her way. So I watched her do that and then one of her family members said, Mary, why don't you sit down and let everybody else make their plates?" Mary didn't say anything, she just ignored her. She said it again and Mary's like, no, I'm fine, I got it. It's good. What I'm saying is this, Mary had every right to be mad at me when I came through that door because she wasn't feeling the best. She could have said, Mike, I don't feel like you'd be in here right now. I just need some alone time. She could have said, what are you doing here? Everybody get out. She could have been sulking in the corner, being mean and being upset about her condition. She could have done all that and she would have had every right in our eyes to do that. But what did she do? She overcame her, her adversity and her pain. Why? Because she had kindness in her heart and there was not a moment that she did not think about others above herself. This is how she was able to be kind, going through great pain, going through great trials and tribulations. Do you know mentally how tough that is to know almost exactly when your time is coming, do you know how hard that is? Do you know the mental madness that is going on with her, with anyone that's going through that? I don't think we do. But I'm going to tell you, that is something that is very, very, very taxing and difficult to deal with. It truly is. But yet, she was able to handle it her long suffering with grace, with mercy, with with love, with kindness, with peace and joy. It's the peace and joy that I desire to have in my life when it's my time. So I say to you, if Mary going through that can find it in her heart to be kind, to find it in her heart to act out, to understand that kindness is an action to act out kindness even when she didn't feel like it, even when she had other things on her mind that were more pressing. If she can do that during those circumstances, then we should be able to do that during our so-called disagreements and circumstances. You get where I'm going with this? Kindness is intentional. It's an intimate decision. It's an intimate action that you decide that you're going to do that you are going to perform no matter what. No matter what. So I wanna say thank you to the Pratt family. I love you guys and I wanna say thank you, Mary, for that beautiful lesson that you have shared with all of us who had an encounter with you. And now, thank you, Mike, for allowing me to share that story with everyone else because she had a strong message that she sent to everyone and now this message is shared with all of you with that being said remember that we're in the business of healing and not hurting and remember to be the fresh water that heals in a salty environment because that's what foundational men do until we meet again my friend